Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week. All right, let's go ahead and jump in today. God, we just thank you for this moment, this time that we have in your presence, that we've had in your presence, and then open our eyes to see what you have in your word for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. For time's sake, uh, I'm going to dive straight into this today, um, and then we're going to do part two next week. Um, so the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, our creator. Talking about God. Who <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about God in church. Well, there's a revolutionary idea. We're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about his creation, which is you and me. Um, you, we've been talking about recently about uh, loving your neighbors, loving your enemies. God is love, all that fun stuff. And we're building into what has transpired until we hit uh, the 19th. Pastor Allen's going to wrap it up with our covenant um, series, uh, our topic, and then we're going to roll right into our beginnings of Easter. So for the next six weeks... Six weeks. We have to begin planning for one of the biggest moments, which is Easter. Um, and uh, I, I'm encouraging each and every one of you to begin praying for the next six weeks of everyone who comes in. Uh, we're, we expect every year salvations, and we get them every single year. Uh, we expect people to, to, to turn toward Christ. And so for the next six weeks, begin inviting people, not just for Easter, but every single week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have cards to give out um, if for, to invite. You can see Miss Linda, uh, Pastor Marsha has them, um, either one, and they will get those into your hands. All right, John chapter 4, we see a very familiar passage in John chapter 4. It says this, a, 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 a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give, him a, give me a drink. What's crazy about this story is this, is, is that there, Jesus and his disciples are walking to Samaria, which is in and of itself um, crazy because they did not like each other at all. Um, Jesus is getting thirsty, he's getting hungry, he sends his disciples ahead of him to go get food, um, and he sits there, and up walks this woman at the middle of the day to get water, which they didn't do. They didn't do that because it's the middle of the day, and you're carrying buckets of water in the heat of the day. So they would go early in the morning, while it's still cold or cooler, they'd get the water, they'd take it back to the city, but in this case, she's doing it in the middle of the day. She's doing it in the middle of the day because all the other people around her will not allow her to be part of their crew. So she is ostracized. She has to come at the heat of the day because no one likes her. We're going to pause just for a quick second because the crazy part is that when everybody else has turned their back on you, Jesus is waiting for your moment. He's still waiting for you. When all your friends and all your our, our coworkers and all your family and everybody, you got to realize she was born and raised probably in this town, so all of her family has disowned her, all of her cousins have disowned her, all of her friends she grew up with have disowned her. She is by herself, yet there is one that is still pursuing. And today Jesus is continually pursuing you, and he's continually pursuing everybody else. And he says, hey, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone to the city to buy food, and the Samarian, Samarian woman said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that the living water 
Are you greater than our father Jacob? That's funny. Uh, who gave us the well and drank from it of himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever will drink of the water that I will give will never thirst. But the water that I shall give will be in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Notice that. I'm wanting this water so that I'm no longer thirsty and I no longer have to live a humiliated life where I come by myself everywhere I go. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and tell him to come here. In our world, in our culture, especially at church uh, culture over the past probably 15 or 20 years, things have shifted, and we preach a lot of our messages in fear that we will offend somebody. Just, I've been doing this a long time. I know I'm not that old, but uh, I've been doing full-time ministry for 20-something years now, and it's been one of those things where be careful how you say this, be careful what outfits you wear, be careful which songs you pick. Be careful that you can raise your hands, but just do like a half raise because if you full raise, it'll freak somebody out. If you lowball God, then no one cares. So pick, you're, you're picking every decision you make based on everybody else's offenses and everybody else's issues because the idea is that we can be a church for everyone. And can I tell you, just being brutally honest, we are not a church for everyone. Everyone is welcome. But that's the same thing as saying that there is a McDonald's for everyone. There's plenty of restaurants for people, but not everybody likes McDonald's. Some people like Hardee's for some reason. Some people would rather have Chick-fil-A, but they're closed today, so you're going to be forced to go into McDonald's. And, and some people love Popeye's. Can I get an amen? Uh, or Bojangles or whatever it is that you're going through. The reality is, is that there's food that's been given, but there's just not one single thing. And, and the idea that my one church would be it for everyone is a bit narcissistic to think that I could be everything for every man. And as your pastor, I can't be. I can't be everything for every person, nor can I be everything for every person in our, in our community. Our church is welcome to everyone, but we are who we are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's not one radio station. There's a lot of options. Not one is better than the other. You just have preferences. And at our church, I want you to hear me when I say, we're going to be who we're going to be, and I love every single church. I've got wonderful uh, friends that are either Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or, or, or charismatic to, to everyone who is Catholic and assemblies and Episcopalian, you name it, we're friends. We're in the same family. And, and if, I can, if I can help for a second, I, I, I kind of wanted you to picture the church and denominations like the United States. Okay? Well, if you live in Miami, Florida, it's a lot different in Miami than it is in Millbrook. Right? It's a lot different in Millbrook than it is in Milwaukee. And it's a lot different in Milwaukee than it is in Montana, all the way down to California. But you know what we all have in common? We're all Americans. We're Americans. And as long as you can find yourself, right, in those borders, it doesn't matter what state or city you live in, we are Americans first. Now, here's how we look at it. If I can for just a second, I don't know why we're going here, but we're going here for a second. 
It's a lot different in Alabama than it is in, say, Kentucky. Like, number one, our, our football teams are just so much. No, it's just a lot, it's a lot different, right? But you know what? Each state has its beauties. And each state, unfortunately, has its peats. Um, everybody has their highs and everybody has their lows, but we are all connected. And here's how it works, okay? If you believe that there is God, He sent his son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin named Mary, who lived a sinless life, who died for our sins and reconciliation with God, did not stay dead, but rose again. We're good. We're good. That's it. Now, if you'd rather have your hymnals... We're still Americans. We're still we're in the family, y'all. If you want to jump up and run laps around it then, and do a Jericho march, we're still in the family. If, if you want to get up early in the morning or you want to have church late at night, if you want to wear jeans or shorts or suits or big bonnets and hats, I don't care. We're all in the family. Now, once you break past that and you say, well, there's multiple gods, you're not part of our family. I love you the same but you're not a family member. Or, I believe in God, but Jesus, eh. You know what? A lot of religions are pretty close. Okay, can I, can we just, you know, if you, if you read the, if you go to any Marriott hotel, there's a Book of Mormon. They have a lot of our same books and, and, and chapters and all that stuff, but then they have a few extras. Can I tell you? They're like Canadians. They're close to us, but they're not us. Eh? (laughs) Judaism, we're together until we keep moving, they stay behind. They're like Mexico, like we're right there. We get along most of the time. We have friendly relationships with those kind of neighbors, but they're not us. And when something big happens to another nation, it stinks, but it's not us. But when you go back 20-some-odd years to September 11th, it didn't matter what part of America you lived in, we were all pretty angry because it was us. And here's what I want you to hear me out when I say this. As a family of God, you can have multiple preferences, and you can have all of these different things, and you can look at me and go, hey, Pastor Pete, I, I love you, and I love your church, I love your mission. It just doesn't feel like home. That's okay, dude. We love you. We will find you a place. So I've got connections all over the city. Well, what kind of church do you want? It's kind of like shopping at McDonald's or, 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 or Burger King. Like, How can we help you out? But can I tell you, my, our mission in life is not to go to a church to change a church. Your mission should be to connect to a church that you can grow in. It's supposed to be the habitat or the greenhouse for your spiritual growth, not for you to be the assigned messenger of God to come and change them the way you want them to look like. Man, this soapbox feels good, and I don't know why I got up here. Anywho, this lady looks at Jesus and says, I want some of this. And Jesus looks at her and says, go get your husband. She replies, funny story, I don't have a husband. To which he goes, you answered right. You don't have a husband. Jesus says, you've had 
five husbands, and the man you're shacked up with right now ain't your husband. I've done this a long time, but I ain't never called anybody out like that. Talk about mm, poking somebody in the eye. Like, he knows why she's showing up there in the afternoon all by herself. It's a cultural thing. It's an obvious thing why she's doing this. He didn't have to ask the... She goes, I perceive you're a prophet. He wasn't a prophet because he knew that she was ostracized. Everybody knew that. She calls him a prophet because he not only can tell her pain, but he can express to her why she has the pain she has. And that's what separates people who are spiritual from people who act spiritual. People who act spiritual can walk around and poke you in the eye. You've got issues, you've got issues, you've got issues, you've got issues, you've got issues. But people who are spiritually focused in the things of God will look at you and go, you have a pain, let me explain to you why you have this pain and help you move into newness. Our mission in life is not to walk around and kick everybody in the shins and say, Jesus said to do it. That's, that's not our goal. Our role in life is to bring people to the cross, not to beat them with the cross. It doesn't mean that we shy away from hot topics. Uh, trust me, if you've been here any long, you, you know that Pastor Pete's going to tick somebody off eventually. Give me 20 minutes. Uh, but what's going to happen is this, is that I don't use your issues nor to, to beat you over the head with it. That's not my job. My job is not to make me feel better that I don't have your problems. And that's what church has done, is we find these pet things that we don't deal with, and we will magnify them on the pulpit because we don't want to talk about our own personal issues. And Jesus looks at her and, and, and calls her out. He does. You're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five, and the guy you're hooking up with now is not your husband. That's rough. And then she runs and screams and says, this horrible, mean man who claims to be God is so mean. No. He speaks truth to her, and then she runs to the city and says, let me tell you about a man who knew everything I've done. And she brings the city to him. Because how you address hard topics is important. In Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to dive right into that right now, we see a, a, it's just so funny to say this, a unbelievably hot topic. You ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hot topic, out the gate. We can't discuss this today because it'll offend somebody. Well, I don't believe that God created everything. That's okay. You don't have to believe it. You don't. I, I'm just reading what's here, and, 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 and can I tell you, I don't know everything. <laughs> Big surprise. Yesterday we had the event at the park, and this uh, Shonda goes, I'm, I'm handing out bags of popcorn. Shonda goes, yeah, I'm taking this from you, and you go talk to him. That was the warm-up. I'm like, well, this is going to be great. 
no preferencing. There's no, hey, tilt the ground for you, letting you know. I didn't know if I was walking into this guy wanting to meet Jesus or wanting to beat up somebody who represents Jesus. All I know is Shauna's like, I'm out, deuces, and she took off. <laughs> she just doop, doop, tapped her in. Good luck. Dun, 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 dun. Like, I'm like, here we go, John Cena coming in. And so I, I walk up, and I'm like, here we go. And I didn't know, Bob, do I, do I address him this way or do I address him? Like, I, I'm trying to figure out which, which where do I place my feet? Do I go South Pole? Like, I, I'm trying to figure this thing out. He goes, so you guys uh, believe in healing, huh? I'm like, this is going to be great. Wonderful opening. I was like, yeah, yeah, I believe in healing. So uh, how's it work? And I went, I don't know. And he goes, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, I don't know. I, I can tell you that this is what the Bible says, that, that it, it says that if we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Jesus bore our sickness and disease. It is by his, I'm walking through a couple of just verses, trying to figure out what's the next point. How much does it cost? Everything. He kind of looked at me, I'm like, I mean, I didn't pay for anything. He did. Like, he, he gave his life for this, not me. What's it feel like? To get healed? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. What's, what's your problems? And he's like, well, I've got lots. I'm like, okay, well, how can we help? So who can do this healing? And I went, God. So can you heal me? <laughs> no. No, I can't heal you. I can't heal you as good as I can fly away from this conversation. And he looked at me, and he goes, so you don't have any abilities? And I'm like, I'm not an X-Men. Like, no, I don't. I'm, my name is Pete, and I'm as basic as it gets. I'm not special. I have no skills. I'm a horrible piano player, but the only one who's volunteered. Like, I have nothing to offer you except for Jesus. And I will pray for you if that's what you want, but I can't promise what he's going to do because he's God. I can introduce you to him, but that's about all I can do. He goes, you're the first preacher who's ever said that. And I went, I don't have much to say except for Jesus. So when it comes to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God creates the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God begins hovering over the waters, and they have this idea, they, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that we're going to do something here. And he begins to create everything. And he creates it by speaking. Let there be light. And there was light. Let there be a separation of the waters. And there was a separation. Let the earth produce ground and, and, and have vegetation. And, and let the animals roam and the fish swim and the birds fly. Let all those things happen. And for six days, or for five days, God creates all of this stuff. 
Now, whether or not you, be, and I'm, I'm, I'm a total dork when it comes to the Bible, and so here's what I'm going to say. Later on down the road, we'll do a Genesis series, and we'll dive into some really cool questions. But whether or not you believe the earth was created in a literal six days, 24 hours in a day period, or you believe that it took billions upon billions of years, but God started the whole thing, I don't really care. As long as we can say God said and did, whether or not that was a huge space of time or whether or not that was 24 hours, we're still family. We're still together. So God creates everything and he looks and he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So that's what he does. He begins to form out of the dusts of the ground. Notice, for every other bit of creation, he speaks over it, but for you, he gets his hands dirty. Everybody else, he speaks. He's like, hey, animals, hey, birds, hey, fishes. I don't know why God's Italian all of a sudden, but hey, we do all these things. <laughs> you Go ahead and do all these things. <laughs> but for man, no, 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 no. We're going to dig into the ground. He formed man out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed the breath of life. Notice that all the animals weren't just die, dead on the ground and floating on the water. And, you know, no, they were walking around. They were alive. But can I tell you, there's a difference between having a beating heart and being alive. There's a big difference between having this, this separation of I can move around on the ground versus I am alive. And that's the issue that we're dealing with humanity is that so many people that are walking the earth may have a pulse, but they are dead on the inside. And that's why we are here to awaken something. So God breathes. He breathes. He breathes. The Hebrew is a pneuma. He breathed over them. And Adam became a living being. He took Adam from the dirt, got his hands dirty, and then did the first version of CPR. He did some mouth-to-mouth and, boom, created life. And in that, his spirit entered Adam. Verse 28 of chapter 1, then God blessed them. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back one more while I'm just ticking everybody off. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. There's two. Can I move on? Now, what's that? He created them male and female. I'm sorry. He, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created. Can I tell you guys just real quick, if we can, that, that men are not the ones that are solely created in God's image? Anybody who has this idea that the, our Judeo-Christian faith is a sexist faith and it's just full of a, a patriarchal society and that's it is totally missing what's taken place. Because in Genesis chapter 1, God created them, male and female, with the image of God. And if we're just going to go ahead and get candid, why not? And two chapters away from this, 
The devil shows up to deceive the powerful man. Nope. He went to Eve first. I've always wondered that. Why? Why Why Eve? Why not go to Adam and have Adam, you know, because what's the deal? But then we look at the curse. Once Adam and Eve both sinned, what was the fallout? The ground, Adam, is cursed. And from it, thorns and thistles will come up. And from your sweat, you will work hard on the grounds. But for Eve, the curse was, and you will have painful childbirth. Sorry, ladies. Notice the next part there. You will long for your husband, but he will... From this moment on, it went from this to this. Can I be so bold to say part of the curse is that there is a separation of genders in authority? There's always a separation of genders, please. I'm just talking about authority. That was part of the curse, Bob. God didn't go, and we're going to create Adam in my image and somebody lesser that can just figure it out. It's not what he did. There was an equality in the garden. Okay? If there was no equality in the garden, then when Eve fell and then Adam fell, like it, would, it would have been a separational issue, but there, wasn't, there was an equality in the garden, but from the sin of the fall, there became a great separation. But the crazy part is that we don't talk about in churches anymore is that Christ came to redeem all that was lost. And I think, ladies, part of that was lost is equality. In the church. That got quiet. <laughs> Isn't it crazy, Miss Elaine, how we can have a female vice president? <laughs> <laughs> However, in the church, women have to be quiet the entire time. We have enough faith that a female can potentially run the free world uh, that, if, that, that she could I don't care what, what background you found they can have all of this governmental power but you can't ask a question about the word of God how, or how about we get a little progressive women can teach as long as they go to kids church Maybe we'll get a little more progressive. They can teach in kids' church and in youth services. And I'm still trying to figure this thing out. I understand what Paul says, but you're missing the context of what Paul says. When Paul looks and is talking about women, talk to your husbands afterwards. He's not discussing them. Y'all are the lesser, be quiet, you stupid, ignorant woman. That's not what's going on. In the separation of the synagogue in those days, there was a men's side and a female side. That's how the Judaism religion has always worked. 
And from that, the men could hear what was going on and the women can't. They didn't have PA systems. They didn't have all the technology. Women at that season in life didn't go to school and they couldn't read and they couldn't have all of those things that we do have now. And what we're missing in life is this, is that part of being redeemed from the curse of the law is that we are all created in God's image. All of us. Okay? So now that we've got, we're on the hot topic of women being created equal with men. Every race is created in God's image. Everyone is created. And here's what's bizarre. The moment we take God out of creation is the moment you stop fighting for equality. There's no basis for you to say, I have rights as a human without the idea that we are created equal in the eyes of God. Because if we are all nothing but primordial ooze that just had a moment where we go, I should create myself into something. If that's where we find our basis, then the idea of equality from gender and equality from race and equality from, from, from no matter what the <laughs> mental capacity you have to what languages you speak or where you were born or who your mama was or who your daddy, the moment we get to this moment that, that we take God out, then there is a hierarchy in society. But when you put God in and you look at it in its fullness and he looks and says, I created them all, male and female, in an equality state, then everything that is unequality or disequality has to be from a place of sin. Has to be. Because God created us there, and there was no sin. Sin enters, there's towers. And what we have to get to this moment is this, is that if we're going to go into the genesis of it all, that when God creates everything, he creates it all, Equal and on purpose. He didn't just walk around like, oh man, there's a woman. Where'd she come from? <laughs> and I'm sorry. There... But the idea that I have to make somebody else lesser of me to make myself feel more important is a very small-minded individual. That means that I'm bound in my own thinking. God is not on a budget. He doesn't need a person of color to be lesser than me so that I can feel better about myself. And he doesn't need somebody of a different gender than me to feel bad about themselves so that I can feel better about myself. God does not get glory in that at all. The idea that I could look at one of his prized possessions and critique them because of the gender or the color of their skin and call myself a holy individual is spitting in the eyes of God because you made a mistake because that person did what? Was born that way? Absolutely not. Being, I, being created in the image of God means this, is that we all have a very baseline function, and that is this. We are created on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. And here's where we have lost it all. We've found ourselves living with a purposeless life and wonder why the world is a muck. 
Because if I have no beginnings, then I have no today. If I have no beginning point, I don't have to be responsible for yesterday. Can I tell you, one of the biggest tragedies that we're missing here is that, and I know, one of the biggest tragedies that we're missing in our school system right now is this idea of removing the beginnings. Because if I remove my beginnings, then I can just have today, right? And if I'm just living for today, I'm not responsible for tomorrow. That's future pizza issues, and I'm not responsible for yesterday. I didn't know anything. I'm evolving continuously, and I'm not responsible for how I act today. See, the Bible tells me we go from grace to grace and glory to glory, but we, we, we have to understand we all have a starting point, and that is in Him. We have a starting point through Christ, through God. He created everything on purpose. He looks at Jeremiah and says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Hot button number two. In the belly, there's a soul. And we're just... And it didn't, it didn't end. Can I tell you, the, the, the devil is not at a war with God. When the devil decided to create his insurrection, and God got up and he got all of his armies together and they fought tooth and nail. In fact, read, the, read it. The, when the... <laughs> When Lucifer arose with a third of the angels, God didn't even fight. He sent Michael. Hey, go take care of that one. <laughs> it's exactly what it did. And it said, and he was cast out. There was no struggle. There's no good versus evil. Evil never can survive against God's goodness, ever. And so when we're looking at the creation story and what's taking place here, we have to realize that we are created on purpose. And, and part of that purpose is that, that God tells us to, to subdue the land. Okay, This is not pro-deforestation. We'll, we'll talk about being stewards at another time. <laughs> but, but, but to have dominion over animals, this isn't about being abusive. We'll talk about responsibility another time. But the idea is that you are separate from animals. You're different. You're, you're, you're different. I, I know you love your animals. And, and we love our pets. But they are not on the same playing field. Tell your husband that. <laughs> like, you know, you're going to go home to your dog, to your cat, to your ferret, whatever it is. And I'm sure it's the cutest, most beautiful, most amazing, intelligent animal that there ever has been. And maybe you've even taught your, your dog, cat, ferret, to do something cool, and, and you walk in the door, and your dog's like, the king is here, and they, they freak out. Or your cat's like, oh, they're back. <laughs> I don't know what ferrets do. They just, I, 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 don't, know what the, I don't know what the ferrets do. Just, I don't know what that is, but that's what they're doing. Are they in balls? Do they roll around? I don't know what they do. They are? She's got a ferret. Good for you. 
We'll pray for you after service. And, and so, but then you teach them tricks, and they can bark or speak or whatever it is. I'm sorry, didn't mean to offend you. Uh, whatever it is, and they can do something nice. I mean, listen, y'all put them in sweaters and strollers and walk them around the mall, and I'm looking down for your cute little baby. I'm like, that thing is hideous. It looks like Chewbacca. Oh, it's a dog, not a baby. And I'm the crazy one? I think not. That tells me more about you than it does me. But we're going we're gonna to move past this. You, you are created to be bigger and better than the creation around us. Because you are an image bearer. And so when God looks at us and tells us in Exodus to don't take the Lord's name in vain, that's not from stubbing your toe and saying GD. I think it carries more than that. Not too long ago, God, too long ago. I'm getting old. Remember Michael Vick? Unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable. Was the first quarterback to ever break 1,000 rushing yards. His team was still garbage, but he was great. He got multiple endorsement deals with Nike and uh, a bunch of others. Come to find out Michael Vick later on in life, who was getting paid roughly $50 million a year to play football and to do endorsements, gets arrested for dogfighting. And it ends up in one year, goes from making $50 million to being in debt of over $100 million. All of his endorsement deals pulled. He gets kicked out of the NFL. He has legal battles and court battles that you can't imagine. And he goes from being on the top of the world to being on the bottom of the world on a moment's notice. And every endorsement instantly pulled. Why? Because they did not want him representing their brand. I'm out of time. And this is where we're going to pause because when we take the Lord's name in vain, maybe it's less about the words that come out of our mouth, but are we misrepresenting his brand? One of the biggest things we're going to do today is, are we misrepresenting his brand by how we treat each other? Are we misrepresenting his brand by how we communicate to our spouses, to our kids, to our neighbors, to everybody who doesn't look like us, who is taller or shorter or darker or lighter, whose eyes may be different, who may be more intelligent or maybe less intelligent? Every man, woman, child, boy, and girl is created in the image of God and are image bearers and one of our biggest roles in life is to not defame God's image inside of every single person. Okay? We're done. God, we thank you for this day that as we wrap this up, that God, you speak to us over the next week as we talk about the fall and all the issues that took place. We talk about how we are, are created not only in your image and likeness, but with purpose and for purpose and all those wonderful things over the next two weeks that God... I just thank you in advance because I know where this whole thing is going for your redemption has already happened and is now present and right at this moment. That God, even as we, we wrap up this service today, that your, your redemptive part of this story is the most beautiful part that the Bible is not written about me, but about your redemptive power in Jesus. And I am so excited to get there. And God, I just thank you that each and every one of us, as we release today, God, from this service, that we understand that we are created in your image to be image bearers and that everyone around us is to even the person going 40 
in, in a 65 mile an hour lane. God, we bless them in the name of Jesus. And people who don't use turn signals, we bless them in the name of Jesus. I'm one of those people. And God, I just thank you that right now that our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends, our in-laws and outlaws, all image bearers, God, we speak blessings over them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week. 